0: This is the Mosaic Church podcast. Mosaic Church is committed to making disciples that discover Christ, connect in Christian community, and serve
1: others and the world.
0: Hey, uh, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Luke chapter 10. We're going to continue our uh, sermon on the Good Samaritan. And I did not plan for Enrique to share. I I had no clue. He just literally told me five minutes before he... He came up that he wanted to share that. And so, but it kind of segues really well on this passage. Thank you for uh, everyone for being obedient and allowing the spirit to move in your hearts. I pray everything that we do, we will glorify Jesus in this. This is about lifting up his name, uh, the name that is above every other name, the name that set uh, me free and set you free. Uh, for those who are believers, Luke chapter 10, verse 25, verse 30 uh, through 37. On the occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus, a, a lawyer. Do we have any lawyers in the house? I, I know we do. Uh, uh, it's just these lawyers here we're going to talk about. What is written in the law? He replied. How do you read it? He answered, and Jesus asked him, How do you read it? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you've answered correct, correctly. Do this, and you will live. Incredible passage. I've done sermons in the past on this passage, but something kind of new jumped out on me when I was doing our study here. And he says, you've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. It's funny, he didn't ask the question, what should I do to keep on living? But that's what Jesus answered. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? And and, in reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest, happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So, too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for the extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would help us. Lord, speak to us. Lord, help us to learn what you want to teach us. And Lord, help us to act out and live out what we've learned through your Holy Spirit. We say thank you in Jesus' name, amen. If you were here a few weeks ago, well, Adam did a phenomenal job last week. Let's, wow, ow. And so um, I sent him a picture of a guy dropping a mic, so that's, that's exactly how it went. But not only did he do a phenomenal job, it was very challenging. It was very challenging, and, um, and it just kind of echoed in my mind and my heart all week. Opportunities that God gives us. The talents are the opportunities that God gives us. And I pray that God gave you plenty of opportunities uh, to do the will of the Father, now, I find funny uh, that Jesus, and I were kind of mentioned it, do this and you will live. And so- suddenly, Jesus kind of uh, turns the table because all of a sudden, Jesus is being brought with these questions, and he throws it right back and uh, challenges the, law- the lawyer uh, who is now on trial. He's on trial for his life. So, as you know, if you came two weeks ago, we talked about the vertical relationship of how to love God how to you know the big question is what must I do to be saved and and Jesus answers it and we talked about that two weeks ago if you'd like to watch it you can go on YouTube and find uh, two weeks ago sermon but today I want to make sure that I caution you that I'm not trying to tell you that uh, somehow you can earn salvation by works so please understand that's not what I'm saying you cannot earn your salvation by showing compassion You cannot earn your salvation by showing uh, love to your neighbor. But showing love and compassion to your neighbor tells us that you have been saved by Christ. It reminds me of a scripture in Matthew 25, in as much as you have done to the least of these, my brothers, you have done it unto me. I listened to a guy and and he talks about doing a Bible study at the prison. And his minister friends were talking about, hey, so what's it like when you bring Jesus to the prison? He's like, I'm not bringing Jesus to the prison. I'm trying to find Jesus who's in the prison. Because uh, as you know, in the Matthew chapter, talks about I was in prison and, and, you, and you visited me. And then people that are like, when did we visit you? As, done, as, uh, as much as you've done it to the least of these, my brothers, you've done it unto me. I want to also focus on the parable of the why, because you can't really love God without expressing itself by loving people around you. You know, God is not some insecure God who's like, you have to, I have to have all your attention. Matter of fact, he finds pleasure and joy when we begin to show the love we have for him vertically when we love our neighbors, love those around us. In 1 John 4 says, whoever claims to love God yet hates his brother or sister is a liar. So Christians, we we can't hate people. We can't hate imagers. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Now that's usually hard for a 12 year old boy to understand with his 10 year old sister. But for those of us who are older, we recognize what he's saying. So who is my neighbor? That's the big question, right? We always ask. Well, who is the neighbor? And I'm not necessarily going to answer that question because that's not the question that Jesus really answers. Now, uh, when the lawyer used the word neighbor, he used a word that was really tightly uh, connect. In other words, who is my neighbor? It was like a very small circle of people. Jesus uses a different word when he talks the word neighbor. It's more inclusive. But I believe Jesus plays along with the lawyer. At the very end, I'm going to show you a picture of a chess move. And I believe the lawyer is trying to play checkers and Jesus is going to play chess with him and show him the truth. So Jesus allows it. He allows the circumference of the meaning of neighbor to be really tight instead of what he desires, which is more inclusive. Now, one of the things we we know is that that we know that these people were walking away from Jerusalem, coming down from Jerusalem, and so it's about a 17-mile trek to Jericho. So we know that the priests and the Levite were going away from work, if you will. They were coming home were going away from work, it wasn't like they, they couldn't, you know, because of priestly duties or work duties, it wasn't like they, could, they couldn't stop because I have somewhere to go, I have something to do, I have to be pure for the, the temple rites, I can't defile myself. They were coming home. Samaritans were despised by the Jews during that time, they were uh, intermarried and they supposedly worshipped, you know, were like pagans. I find it ironic that Jesus went through Samaria and he was rejected there. They were thrown out and his disciples wanted to like throw firebombs at them and show them that, you know, how they were mistreated. Can you imagine, can you imagine uh, maybe you were mistreated at Walmart. You know, they, they didn't treat you very nice. They were rude to you. You know, there were not, not enough cashiers and, uh, you know, you get, you get angry, and so you go to Facebook, and, um, and this is what Jesus does. It's like, hey, I just had a wonderful time at Walmart, credible workers, uh, you know, Sally really helped me, uh, and, and gives, shows Walmart in a positive light. And who does that? Well, Jesus does that with the Samaritans, because he tells this story, because the Samaritans are shown in a positive light, and it's... And I imagine, and I was just thinking this, is that I wonder if Jesus was not only talking to the lawyer, but also talking to his followers and his disciples. Because if someone mistreats you, Jesus' way is not that you return the favor
1: by badmouthing or demeaning or ignoring And so, uh, as we read, and
0: we and we we saw in Luke chapter nine, uh, you know, I think it was James and John wanted to call the I call the heavenly holocaust on the Samaritan village.
1: But what is the response? It went from "Who is my neighbor?" and Jesus
0: will turn that table to ask, "Who is going to be a good neighbor?" Do you see the difference? You can spend the rest of our day today talking about who is our neighbor. But Jesus turns the table, and Jesus asks the question, who is neighborly? Again, it's like uh, determining and God showing a flashlight into our hearts. What
1: kind of people are we? A friend of mine here, he's... uh, I call him a mentor, he's someone
0: I look up to, Dave Wargo. but Pastor Dave, I imagine when you train navigator campus pastors, you are looking for people with character because if they have that character trait, you can almost put them on any campus. You know, sometimes we place people by giftings and and that's not that good because, you know, you put them in a different situation and they
1: can't work very well the character of being a good neighbor, neighborliness. If you're the person
0: that God wants you to be and wants me to be, neighborly, then no matter
1: who we are around, we can be that good Samaritan. Does that make sense? You
0: know, know, uh, as you know, we have uh, homeless people that come to our church regularly.
1: We have to live this out all the time. And some people are very good at it. And so I could just tell you, you know, our neighbor is those who are homeless,
0: dislocated. But God wants more than that. You you could be at a country club, at a golf course, and God could call you to be a good neighbor there. Neighborliness. So uh, again, the the broader question from two weeks ago is who, you know, who will be saved? And God will break it down. And so the, the lawyer asks, who is my neighbor? And Jesus turns it to, who is neighborly? And so I'll look, if you look at verse 37 and 30, uh, thirty-seven uh, and 36 and 37, you'll see that God will begin to say, go and do likewise. He'll answer the question, go and do it. And this is the challenge for us today. We sang about God, we sang about deliverance, we saw, sang about being, you know, from, set free from Egypt, and these are phenomenal songs, and, and God moved, I was moved, and, and just awesome, but at the end of the day, we have to go through these doors, and we have to go live it. We, we, we got the theology, we got the teaching, we got the blessing, now he wants us to go live it, and, and
1: faith and works go together, Theology only concludes in, I write,
0: praxis. In practice, what you believe will be fleshed out. Let me reverse that equation. What you do tells me what you believe. Does that make sense? You do what you believe, right? I believe in not eating a lot of carbs, but I eat bread every day, so what does that tell you? I don't really believe it. It's my wife's fault, she's making fresh bread every two days, you know, and I don't wanna offend her, so I've gotta eat it. And James tells us, faith without works is dead. Do we really believe this? Do we really believe this? Jesus turns the table, are you gonna be a good neighbor? Are you a good neighbor? So no matter what circumstances you are you find yourself, are you a good neighbor? You do what you believe. And so when we walk out these doors, and I won't, you know, there's a, a longer version of the sermon, but we want to be conscientious of, of our friends who are online. But we still want the Holy Spirit to move in our hearts.
1: You will go and leave this place and you will live out what you believe.
0: Through your finances, your time, how you treat people, how you treat your brother and sisters, your mother and fathers. So God is calling us this morning to be the neighbor that he wants us to be and so it's so easy, like the lawyer who wants to have a real tight, tight-knit tight group of communities, like, well, is my neighbor, my person that lives next to me? Is that who it is? Could be.
1: What would your neighbors say about you? That's a good question. What would they say about you? Uh, what would your coworkers say about
0: how neighborly you are? If we were to go to your location and ask about, you know, tell me about so-and-so. Tell me, have you allowed what you believe to be fleshed
1: out in what you do? Because you do what you believe. How do you treat your gator friend? How about your Bethen cookman friend, huh?
0: That's... That's going to be tough. Maybe God's calling you to be a good neighbor to someone from Bethune-Cookman. How about this? Could God be calling you to be neighborly to someone who has the
1: opposite political opinion of yours? Oh, my goodness. No one here,
0: but, you know, we see it all on Facebook. I'm like, does this person know Jesus? Jesus? I mean, the way they've been calling people idiots. And these are imagers. We're talking about even, even the ones that are protesting in Portland, Antifa types made in the image of God. Our hearts should break for what's going on, for their lostness. Remember, we talked about that in the Beatitudes.
1: We don't look down, we break. That posture of poverty. How do we feel and how do we, are we good neighbors to those who hate Donald Trump? Or are we good neighbors to those who love Donald Trump? Do we love the person Let me just tell you something, and I'm going to go off the
0: script here a little bit. Um, Our pastors, I don't care which church it is, I don't care what region in the country it is, they're all under tremendous amount of stress right now. People are leaving the church left and right. And remember what we talked about two, three weeks ago, that can you imagine 100 years from now the church historians are going to look back and see what happened to the American church and, uh, and the little, little Timmy's going to ask his dad, like, what happened to the American church? Why did it collapse? And, and did it collapse because they were under pressure of, 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 of persecution? Like, no, no, no. That's just over in the other parts of the world. Did they collapse? Why did they collapse? Oh, because they didn't want to get out of bed. Pajamas. Pajamas collapsed the American church. We would never want that. What else collapsed the American? Oh, face masks. There were people who were for it, son, and there were people who were against it. And, and they didn't fight over, you know, did, did uh, Jesus rise, did he really physically rise, uh, raise the three days later? They didn't fight over that. They fought over each other because somebody wanted to wear masks and the other person said it was, it was stupid to wear masks. And that's how the church collapsed over cloth masks. I have some friends, pastor friends, that told me that they got nailed by people leaving their church because they closed down the church for a while,
1: and people said, "How dare you listen to the governor, the government?" I could tell
0: you that countless churches, friends. So little Timmy's asking, is that what collapsed? Oh, because they, they closed down the, the church facilities. Well, did the church close that? No, no, just the facilities. And, and so that, that's what collapsed. Far be it from us, right, Mosaic Church? We, we don't play that game. We want to be neighborly
1: to each other and to your pastors. So a person who says, who's a, who's a Muslim,
0: Made in the image of God. We have to be neighborly to them, to love them. Them is us. We're made in the image of God. Hindus, atheists. Let's get a little bit closer to home. Your mother, your father. If you've been part of Mosaic Church long enough, you know that we can't just ignore the Ten Commandments.
1: Your brother, your sister. I forgive my sister. Just kidding. She's probably watching online. Your kids. For those who are old enough, like myself and older, sometimes we have to forgive our kids,
0: right? For all the, the headache they gave us. You know, I didn't, this receding hairline isn't genetics, it's kids written all over here. Mother in law, brother in law, father in law. Who are we to be good neighbors to? The Lord will speak to you.
1: Maybe it's Ricardo. Has anyone talked to Ricardo? You don't have to answer. He needs conversation. He's alone. He's lonely. He's angry. He doesn't want to be part of the fellowship. But he
0: likes being part of the fellowship. Does that make sense? people need to talk to him. Don't all rush and talk to him today, all right? But come by and just say hello. Ask him about his life. I believe God will bring him into the fold if we can be good neighbors. So, who is? The lawyer asked, who is my neighbor? And Jesus asked, who is going to be neighborly? So I challenge that you will be what God wants us to be through the blood of Christ, that we would be that neighbor that God wants us to be, no matter our circumstances. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit to stirring it up in our hearts. Lord, we, c- we cannot do what we've done in the past. Lord, we don't want to rely on the wisdom of men Lord, we want to move and flow and be directed with discernment of the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be neighborly to those that you put in our head, in our hearts, in our spirit. Lord, we say thank you. And Lord, help us to live out what we believe when we leave these doors. Help us to practice what we believe. We love you, Father. Every head bowed, every eye closed, and you can say, Pastor Mario, I just want to raise my hand and say, I will commit to be neighborly in the name of Christ, amen, yes, amen, I'm raising my hand. Lord, I pray, God, that you would put us in situations, and it may not be the easiest person or groups to be neighborly, but Lord, help us to be that. For your glory, that people would be drawn to you and how we live it out. We say thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen.
1: We want to thank you for listening. We pray that you were blessed and encouraged. If you like
0: what you heard today, subscribe to this podcast and listen whenever you like. To find out more about Mosaic Church, please visit www.mosaicchurchtlh.com.